Across the Field podcast is brought to you by Stoller Shine Detailing, TNT Springer Landscaping, Sin Rock Engraving, Sisters Embroidery and More, and Antoine Automotive. Welcome back to another episode of Across the Field. The whole gang's here again. This is kind of rare that usually we're missing somebody. But, guys, how are we doing this evening? Doing good. We have everybody for two episodes this week. Let's go. Two episodes, yep. Been uh, cramming in homework before the episodes and after so I can get get on here and talk uh, football. Week seven already, fellas. Week seven of the high school slate. That's unbelievable. Um, But, yeah. It goes faster once you're out of it. That's that's what I've learned the past couple of years. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Buckeyes are off this week, guys. Don't know how I feel about it. What are we going to do this weekend? Um, I don't know, but I'm kind of enjoying it. Let that Notre Dame win sink in a little bit more and just kind of take a deep breath. I feel like I need a week off after that Notre Dame game. <laughs> Yeah, the emotional roller coaster. Okay. But like next week, like it's got to be get back on the horse quick because I Maryland, know. you cannot overlook Maryland. They, they better be ranked next week too. They yeah. they should be. I, mean, I I think they'll beat IU this week, and then they'll probably sneak them in, right? Right. But then as soon as they lose to us, they'll bump them out. But like when Ole Miss loses to Alabama, they keep them in there to show that the SEC is so superb. Well, that's always how they do it with the SEC team. That's why the no-name non-conference opponents that like Georgia and Alabama play in the final college football playoff rankings, you know, the last couple weeks, they're always in there at 23, 24, and 25. Right. Exactly. Every time. It's brutal, but. Yeah, so before we get into any football talk, I did want to – I know how Brady just loves Damian Lillard. Um. (laughs) <laughs> got traded to the Bucks today. What do you think about that? Well, I don't – I mean, I don't like how Dame handled this whole situation. I'll say that, but let's face it, Dame's a pretty good player, and uh, the Celtics are no longer the favorites in the East. It's like, of all the places he could have gone, I was kind of looking around, and I was like, eh, like that's not going to make them that much better. Like, for example, we thought it was going to be Miami the whole time, but Miami was going to have to give up so much to where I don't really think it would have helped their team that much. And I never even considered Milwaukee. And now it's like he fits into Milwaukee absolutely perfectly. Yeah. And they didn't really have to give up that much. So. Going to be interesting for sure. Yeah. I mean, they potential for it to be really good. And I just think with all the super teams that we see, like normally the stars' egos are in the way and it doesn't really work out most of mm-hmm. the time. But Giannis, like, I feel like it works with Giannis. He's such a good dude that just wants to win that I feel like it's going to work, and they'll be good. I agree. Peyton, you got anything to add on that? No, no. Just sitting here watching some late September baseball. I've never – I haven't done this in a while. It's pretty awkward. So, (laughs) the Reds looks like they're going to pee their chances away tonight. But uh, 
still they ha- they kept me engaged till middle of September. Something I didn't think was possible this year. So, so what's it what's it going to be? What's the situation? Are the Cubs going to be in? Well, it's a. I think there's four teams chasing for two spots, Brady. It's the Diamondbacks, the Marlins, the Reds, and the Cubs. So it's going to go down to because the Cubs just lost a, a big one uh, last night, and uh, right. Diamondbacks keep on winning. So yeah, it's going to be interesting. Hmm. And if somehow we find a way to pull this one out tonight in Cleveland to win the Ohio Cup, we're going to St. Louis this weekend, and that's just the most. That I mean. That's what St. Louis is going to do. They're going to ruin our season. Like, I know there's no possible way we win that series on this weekend. Well, Brady's probably like me. I've been tapped out for the past month and a half at least. On the I've Yankees. been tapped out, but we got great news in Boston. We fired uh, Heim Bloom, and that's a big deal. That's a huge win for the Red Sox. It wasn't working. He was trying to run the Red Sox like they were the Tampa Bay Rays. It worked for him down there. It wasn't working up in the Northeast, so I'm glad <laughs> that he is out of town. Things are looking up. Yeah. That is pretty good news. Yankees right. fire Aaron Boone yet, Brett? No, no, we'll wait. We'll, and, and he'll come back, and it'll just be another complete disaster next year. And, you know, we'll start off hot, and I'll be happy, and then the all-star break will roll around, and – and it'll, it'll just go in the crapper. Same. I mean, I've seen this episode before, boys. How crazy, though. Three AL East teams are going to make the playoffs, and the two that don't make it are the Yankees and Red Sox. Like, how crazy. That's nuts. That's pretty, yeah. pretty sickening, if you ask me. <laughs> that's, like saying, that's like saying two Big Ten teams are going to make the college football playoff, and two of them aren't Ohio State, Michigan, for – not baseball people that listen, yeah. to it, I guess. And like, it's hard to even compare it to anything because baseball is just so different. And the Red Sox and Yankees have so much more money than all those other teams, like mm-hmm. combined, probably. And yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's gross. So, but enough baseball talk. Yep. Cut it out. <laughs> That's it. We'll check back in with Peyton next week to see how the Reds uh, – see what his final thoughts are on the Reds. I, this this season, I mean, for how successful it was, like not making the playoffs doesn't make it a, you know, bad year because this team was projected to win 60 games, and they're at 81 right now. So, I mean, this year was a success getting all these rookies up here. So, that's yeah. how I'll look at it. All right. All right, let's get into some some high school football talk, guys, if we're ready to do that. Um, Peyton, let's talk Antwerp-Wayne Trace right off the rip. I know we'll talk about it a little bit later on, but uh, what are your thoughts on this game? Uh, this this game is going to be, uh, you know, a lot of offense. And if, you know, Wayne Trace wants to win, they, they have to try to limit this, keep this game, like, 28 to 30 point range. I mean, if you get this thing in the 40s and 50s, you're in a track race with someone that you don't want to run with. Uh, you can't run with Antwerp. Uh, line play is going to be huge. Uh, we've seen Antwerp. That's, I mean, they've struggled a little bit this year when teams run the ball in between tackles. Uh, they really miss Kendrick Robinson, the, the big guy in the middle uh, for them a year ago. So I think if Wayne Trace can really run the ball with Tucker, then that's something that they. I mean, haven't done on a consistent basis this season. 
they have to get back to the ground and pound three yards in a cloud of dust type of game uh, this week, but also mix in with RPOs because you have a weapon back there and Kyle Stuller, who was terrific a week ago, not count uh, and take away those three interceptions. I mean, he played pretty good. Yeah. Uh, this, this is our game of the week, obviously. Um, we'll announce that a little bit later on. We got a little bit of a surprise later on, but uh, game of the week. And it sounds like Brady and I are going to be there. So Brady, what are your thoughts on this game? You know, it's it's interesting because we've talked all season long about Wayne Trace being the team in the GMC that athletically can match up with Antwerp. However, when you look at a big game like this where it, it's going to take an upset for Wayne Trace to win, you know, I, I like to start to look at the numbers and you just think about it here. And I think the first question, Peyton brings up a good point with the numbers, you know, saying it has to be played in the 20s. When you look at Antwerp, I think – you know, if Antwerp gets a touchdown a quarter, if they get the 28 points, can Wayne Trace outscore them? Or you look at, can Wayne Trace hold them to maybe 21 points, which is three touchdowns, and then you think, well, is that even possible with Antwerp's high-powered offense? So mm-hmm. going to be interesting to see. Wayne Trace will have to play their best game of the season, there's no doubt. But, um, you know, I, I, I got to spend some time around the Antwerp football program two years ago. Uh, call on their game, all their home games for MySports.Live. And that was before they really took off. And I was just so impressed with Coach Hale and his assistants and the consistency and what they do. And then you look at how they've had the success last year as the favorites, and they really lived up to it. And now this year, once again, favorites, heavy favorites in the GMC, and here they sit at 6-0, and and I think it really speaks volumes about him and his staff and his kids, the culture they've created over there between him and Coach Billman and even Coach Feesby. Um, they just have really good kids, really good culture, and really good things going on over there right now at Antwerp. Mm-hmm. If, if Wayne Trace turns the ball over one time, fellas, I think, I mean, you could probably write the ship that, you know, Antwerp's going to win this football game. You have to play – the cleanest of clean games against Antwerp. Yeah, I agree. And it feels like, you know, Wayne Trace, not a super explosive offense. And yes, it's going to be important for them to control time of possession and limit Antwerp's chances. But it feels like a game where if Wayne Trace wants to win, they're going to have to hit on a couple big plays and kind of catch Antwerp out of position and off guard and really be on the right end of some of those big momentum swings. Mm Mm-hmm. Guys, if, if Antwerp wins this game, that's three in a row, right? Antwerp over Wayne Trace? Yes. yes. When's the last time that's happened? I mean, we're going to have to talk to our man, Kevin Wanamaker, because it's been a while. Mm-hmm. It has been a while. So, um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, it will be interesting to see what type of Wayne Trace team we get on uh, Friday night. I think, Brady, me and you called the Crestview game. I mean, that's the, the only real game that I've dug deep into Wayne Trace this year. They ran the ball. I mean, well against Crestview, they're going to have to bring that and more on Friday night. Yeah, and we saw some explosion from the Wayne Trace offense in week one against Fort Recovery. However, in the five weeks since, to be honest, Wayne Trace has had a difficult time getting the ball to their athletes that they put on the outside in space and giving them a lot of opportunity. Talking about Cole Moorhead, Jude Stoller. Um, Brady Miller plays a slot, Dylan Hilderman. I mean, it's going to be key. Obviously, you want to run the ball with Antoine, but those athletes have to touch it also. you got to keep that Antwerp defense honest. 
and it, it that that's kind of be like the extension of the run game. I mean, the quick yes. outside passes where I mean, you have athletes, Jude Stoller, Jude Stoller. If uh, we talk, we're going to hear the Antwerp guys and Wayne Trace guys, but I think he's going to be crucial in the special teams game. I mean, we've seen it that that Crestview game. We've seen it all year. Uh, Jude Stoller's pretty electric back there as a punt returner and kick returner. Yeah, he definitely one of those guys that's capable of ripping off the big explosive plays. So, um, you know, obviously a rivalry game. Um, teams don't like each other, um, you know, necessarily, even though there's a lot of ties between both teams. The one thing I will say, just because, you know, being in the Wayne Trace district here and talking to a lot of Wayne Trace people all the time, I think the biggest thing is even if you maybe quote-unquote don't like Antwerp or just want Wayne Trace to win, I think you have to respect what Antwerp has done because their program, they really do things the right way. And just the consistency um, has really amazed me here the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. It's it's tough to reach the the top of the mountain. And then when you get there, it's even tougher to stay on top and – I mean, they haven't looked back since they've been up there. So Yeah, and not become complacent once you get to the top. Yep. Agree. Anything else you guys want to mention about this game before we move on? I don't think so. All right. Well, again, we'll revisit it a little bit later when uh, Coach Jerome joins us because he won the picks last week. So we'll dive into it a little bit more. Um, got a couple of interviews coming up that kind of – uh, with some players that, uh, you know, get their perspective on the game. So let's move on. Let's stay in the GMC. Let's uh, head over to Paulding, homecoming. Panthers welcoming Hicksville. Uh, Peyton, you'll be there on the call, correct? Yes. Yep. All right. So what? <laughs> I, barring anything crazy, I think it's safe to say that Paulding's going to come out with a win. Um, and – so with that being said, guys, I kind of want to tie this in with some playoff talk, if you don't mind. But after this week, Paulding's going to be five and two. I mean, not counting the chickens before they hatch here, but um, that right now they sit at fifteen uh, in Division Six, Region Twenty Two. You got to think they move up a little bit, possibly. And and uh, so you know, this is a big game for Paulding. And then you look at the rest of the schedule. A um, couple big games coming up with Tenora, Antwerp, and Wayne Trace to finish the year, they get one of those. I mean, they're definitely in, right? Correct. Yeah, from what I understand, if they win this week, which they still have to do and take it one week at a time, um, but well, yeah, I think we all think Pauling's going to win this week, so they'll be at 5-2. and two. Yes, it's, from what I understand, if they get a sixth win, they will be in. If they lose the last three weeks – they're going to need some help to get in, I appear. Obviously, for Paulding, you want to control what you can control and win one of those last three games and not rely on outside help. Sure. And, guys, you know, I'm around the I'm Paulding community. I'm in the Paulding School District. How about guys on the outside of the Paulding School District? I mean, it's a shock for the guys in it. What about you guys? Would you guys ever imagine talking Paulding playoff picture here in week seven? Uh, go ahead, Brady. You know, not really. Um, I, I'll be honest. You know, I, it, they have surprised me this year, and they've played well. The crazy thing is they could really be 5-1 and one right now. That Ayersville game was a couple tough breaks for them late in that football game, a game where they controlled that game for about three, 
three and a half quarters. And, you know, just looking down the stretch here at the possible scenarios, you hate for that to be a game and just a few minutes of the season there that could really come back to bite them. So, yeah. you know, hoping that Paulding can, you know, right the ship here. Well, not right the ship because they already have, but just control what they can control and win one of their last three games. Question, yeah, I, I am surprised we're talking about Paulding in the playoff picture right now at this time. I am also surprised, I'll be honest. Um, I kind of thought at this point they, you know, with their schedule, like I don't know that I'm surprised – completely that they're four and two, but just, I guess, in the aspect of, um, I thought maybe, maybe some of those teams would be a little bit better, uh, like Jefferson or Edgerton. And, you know, I thought those were some, some toss up games. Spencerville obviously being one that they lost and Ayersville being a toss up game. So, just from what we've seen in the past, and and hopefully this is just the polling of the past. This is a brand new polling team, but yeah, I'm I'm a little shocked that they're at where they're at, but couldn't be happier for them. I'll say that. Yeah, and I I think you know looking at the schedule preseason, I I thought you know I really realistically thought four maybe five wins this year. Mm-hmm. I mean they're already at four wins, and I guess the part that's shocking to me is taking control. I mean you know you know, taking over a game that they're how they're supposed to taking care of business at Edgerton when, you know, people thought it could be a little shaky down in the Valley, you know, Paul, I mean, it just, it just seems like Paulding of the past would probably come sluggish to that game. And they, they came in, was up 36, six at halftime and they've been just taking care of business, how they've been supposed to. So that's something that's been like, you know, eye opening to me that, you know, this team is a new team that uh, we didn't see a year ago. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, we're talking about Paulding here in their playoff picture, but let's also, you know, go back and talk about Wayne Trace and in the playoff picture um, being in that same region as Paulding. Um, I think a lot of people still consider Wayne Trace a considerably better football team than Paulding. And I think that's kind of a misconception or misleading because Wayne Trace is not a shoe in for the playoffs yet either. They're going to have to handle their business the rest of the way. And they end week nine, they have to go to Ayersville. And then week 10, they ended up with the rivalry game against Paulding. So it, Wayne Trace, not a lock for the playoffs either by any means. No, yeah. and who would have ever thought that that week 10 game, it may be come down for a playoff berth. I mean, that's yeah. just crazy. That was going to be my follow-up. I mean, how, how awesome or how crazy would that be? That scenario, uh, the you know, one of the biggest rivalries, I would say, in this area, Pauling and Wayne Trace, how big would that be? Winner gets in, loser goes home. Well, everybody's complained about it being moved from week one. But, man, if that is the kind of, you know, reality and hype around it for a week 10 game, then, yeah, that that'd be really something. So, let, let's let's find a way to keep that week 10. Brady, <laughs> come the commissioner of the GMC and make a rivalry week just like the NWC has. <laughs> That'd be pretty neat. I'm all for it. Uh, I'm all for it. We've talked about that before, but just looking through, uh, you know, the other the other two uh, GMC games. One's gonna be Tenor and Ayersville. Uh If you guys want to talk about that, we can. 
I think it's a really intriguing matchup because I think early this season, a lot of people kind of wrote Tenora off, but now they pick up a nice win against Wayne Chase last week. But not only that, they lose to Antwerp the week before, but they played Antwerp really tough and had a couple of turnovers in the red zone where if they punch those in, they're right in that game with Antwerp. Then you flip the page and you look at Ayersville. This is an Ayersville team, 5-1. and one. They're only lost to undefeated Bluffton. But really, you know, an Ayersville team that we saw Paulding play with, we saw Jefferson play with this Ayersville team for three quarters. So I think Ayersville has maybe been a little bit underwhelming compared to what their expectation was coming into the season. Mm-hmm. I just think you cannot – Oh, I mean – like Brady said, teams have overlooked Tenora and kind of wrote them off. Tenora is a team you just can't overlook. The non-conference schedule has prepared them for this late stretch here in GMC play. and I think this is going to be a tremendous uh, game in the GMC rivalry game that we kind of talked about, like with uh, Wayne Trace and Antwerp, uh, battle for the bell, uh, the bell I think they play for. And so I think it's going to come down to the line of scrimmage. And we know how good Ayersville is up front. And Tenora, they're always going to be good up front. So I think this game is just going to be, you know, in a phone booth type of game. Yeah, and, you know, that's probably not fair of me to say that Ayersville has been underwhelming because they are sitting here at 5-1. and one. But to me, this game this week against Tenora is a really big prove-it spot for them. Yep. And you get them at home. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, the other game in the GMC, um, you got Fairview and Edgerton. Um, and, guys, you know, not to give away our picks later, but uh, to me, I think Edgerton maybe not as good as what we thought at the beginning of the year, maybe slipping a little bit. And it sounds like Coach Rakes and the Apaches are playing pretty well, and Peyton got to witness that firsthand a week or so ago. Yeah, I've got to see both these teams back-to-back weeks. And uh... – I like where Fair, the direction of Fairview compared to Edgerton. I watched Edgerton last week, and I think, you know, they still ha- don't – they haven't found their identity yet. I mean, losing Corey Everett a year ago, they don't know if they want to be a, a ground-and-pound type of team or a spread team. Uh, a different quarter, it looks like a different thing. Uh, so, that's where I'm at with them. And then Fairview, they know what they want to do. They want to spread you out five wide. We're either going to run our quarterback or we're just going to throw it at you all night. I think Fairview has – I mean – they're definitely the more talented team on paper, I would say, and that that zero and six record doesn't do them justice. They're on the uprise. I think they'll get a couple wins here late in GMC play. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's one of those things we talked about Fairview before the season, and with Coach Rakes, uh, we kind of knew they weren't going to, and they're not going to go zero for this year. They're going to get a game at least one somewhere, and maybe this week is that opportunity for them. Yep. Um, all right, guys, you want to get into any other conferences or any other matchups that we you kind of want to talk about this week? You know, I, I don't think so. I mean, we're going to get into it a little bit here later on with the picks. Um, it's just kind of getting to be that time of year where, you know, week seven, we really start to dial in and look in at the playoff picture and a lot of big matchups this week that'll go a long way in deciding playoff fate for a lot of these teams. Mm-hmm. Huge matchups. And then, uh, you know, we talk about rivalry weeks of the Green Meadows. Patrick Henry's biggest rivalry is Liberty Center, and that's this week. So uh, both teams coming in 6-0. and So I think we have, quote-unquote, a rivalry week in high school football in this area, I would say. Yeah. And 
you know, just to talk real quick about Liberty Center, I think a lot of the attention on Liberty Center right now has gone to all of the stuff that we addressed a couple weeks ago and that was going around on social media um, with some potential unnecessary late hits against Archbold. But really, if you put that aside and look at what the Tigers are doing, their body of work so far is really, really impressive. I agree with that. I'll second that. Hey, hey guys, just real quick before we get into our picks and everything, you know, since there's some big rivalry games in the area, what's, you know, give me your top five, you know, rivalries in the Green Meadows Conference. Maybe three, maybe five's pushing a little too much. What are the top three rivalries in the Green Meadows? That's tough because I feel like it varies with like how schools come through and what teams are good, you know, in battles between classes and stuff growing up. Sure. I also, think, I also think it varies a little bit between sports. Yeah. Yes. So, boy, that's tough. Let's, you know, let's say well, just for the sake I don't, of this. I, I don't want to disrespect any other rivalries. So, if you guys don't want to, I get it. But Okay, so, you know, years past, you, you could talk, uh, you know, let's, let's talk 10 years ago. You could talk Edgerton-Hicksville. As a rivalry, um, you could talk Wayne Trace Paulding as a rivalry. Uh, Paulding and Antwerp, Wayne Trace Antwerp. You know the three county schools; those are all rivalries. You got Tenora Fairview back in the day was a good rivalry. You know when I was coming through school, um, and then obviously you got Tenora Ayersville. So I think like there's six I just threw out, and all of them are, can be great from year to year. You know, yeah. I, I agree with that. And I think, like, even with football, especially here the last 10 years or so, it's gotten weird, especially right here in our county, because Paulding, well, Wayne Trace was really good 10 years ago. And then Paulding has had their ups and downs. And then we saw Antwerp have a period of going, you know, away from football. So mm-hmm. I think that kind of shook things up just here in the county. I would say right now, and maybe this is a little bit biased, but if you look at the body of work the last four to five years here in all sports, I think maybe the biggest rivalry in the GMC is Wayne Trace and Antwerp. When you look at the basketball battles they've had, sure, both teams have gotten good in baseball here as of late. And then obviously Antwerp, the class of the GMC in football. Yeah, that, that's, that's a really good point. I'd, I'd probably agree with you, Brady, just because, you know, a couple of years ago we were watching – me and Brett were watching Wayne Trace, Antwerp. I think you and your dad were on the call for baseball, a district final. Yes. We've, yes. Seen, we've seen some great basketball games go down to the wire. And then, you know, right now Wayne or Antwerp's kind of, you know, turning the tide on the football rivalry. So, I, I would I would probably have to agree with that because there's been some classics uh, this past couple of years. Yeah, that so that's where I would go right now. I mean, mm-hmm. there was there was even a time though, maybe, well, it's probably been about eight nine years ago now, where Wayne Trace Tenora was a real, was, was turned into a really big rivalry, even though those two teams geographically were spread pretty far apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd agree with that. So yeah, there there's I kind of copped out in three about six different scenarios, but that's all right. <laughs> I, I I agree with Brady. I think it could be year to year. So, and I think I think one uh, during I know we weren't in the Green Meadows Conference when I was in school, but uh, Fairview Edgerton always felt like the Green Meadows Conference championship yeah. for three years. 
yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's another exactly. one. Yep, I agree with that. So, um, getting back to just some other games, I know we mentioned a few here. You know, looking at the Northwest Conference, and we'll, we'll make these picks later on and talk about them, but Crestview and Bluffton and Grove and Lipstick are going to be two tremendous games, but I think one that may be flying under the radar of the Northwest Conference, Spencerville and Allen East. And I know Allen East is tough, um, but, you know, <laughs> they're not playing the best right now. They're one and five. Uh, Spencerville being two and four. You kind of look at the common opponents. Some might say Allen East favored by a couple touchdowns, but, you know, Peyton, you and I watched Spencerville in person. Um, maybe the Bearcats can hang around and, and keep this game close and come out with a win. Yeah, I think you, you just can't write Spencerville off. I, the Northwest Conference is brutal, and they play a physical brand of football that you can't really replicate. So I think they could. Yeah. It's, it's honestly kind of frustrating because, like, you look around at the other conferences and, like, the GMC, Antwerp's at the top. I think NWAL, Liberty Center has started to separate. WBL, you have a couple teams at the top there. You know, you got your Defiance and Wapak and Van Wert. You look at this Northwest Conference, here we are, I mean, headed in, you know, week six, and we still don't know who the best team is. Like, I, I still don't know who the favorite is there. And I think there's four or five teams you could throw out and on any given night, and they might be the best team in that conference. Yeah, so I guess another question is, right now, if you had to pick right now who the best team in there is, who would it be? And I'll, you, either, one, either one of you could start. I'd say Bluffton. Okay. I'd say Bluffton as well. So that's, Just because – Yeah, go ahead. I, I know Bluffton's strength of schedule hasn't been that great the past couple weeks. But, I mean, my goodness, they are putting a beating on some teams. Yeah. And they're not giving up any points. Right. So, and, that, and that's where I'm at. I would lean, and again, this week is, is going to be a big tell because you got Grove and Lipsick. And I think maybe the winner of that game puts themselves right in that conversation with Bluffton. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and then you don't know. What if, what if Crespi goes out? Hangs around with Bluffton, finds a way to win. Now we've got more questions, I feel like. Exactly. And maybe nobody has a more brutal schedule than Crestview the rest of the way. They sit at 5-1, and one, but the rest of the way, they go at Bluffton this week, then at Grove, Spencerville, and then Lipsick. Wow. Yeah. So that that's the Northwest Conference starting to heat up. Still questions, and, and I can't wait to, to dive into this more. Those are going to be a few games that I'm following close on Friday night, and I'm sure you guys will be as well. For sure. So, anything else we're leaving out, guys? This kind of, you know, don't really have much Buckeye talk tonight, taking her easy for the for the bye week here. Yeah, no, I, I don't think so. Okay. i tell you what. Let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll get Coach Jerome on. We'll make the picks, and uh, we'll keep trucking along here. Are you wanting to put that finishing touch on your landscaping to set it apart from the rest? Or maybe you just need a gift idea for that hard-to-buy-for person in your life? Give Blake and Tiffany a call with Sin Rock Engraving. They offer custom engraved rocks that will be one of a kind. They will walk you through the process of picking out your rock and customizing it with anything from names, addresses, businesses, or images of your choice. Give them a call at 419-796-9897 or check them out on Facebook, Sin Rock Engraving. 419-796-9897. 
All right, joining us now is last week's winner of the picks, Coach Ryan Jerome. Coach, how we doing? Doing all right. Just uh, settling in here in the garage, ready to uh, – Cubs game starting in about a half hour, ready to watch them uh, blow this playoff opportunity. Hey, uh, huge loss last night, Rhino. Huge massive, massive. Night. May or may not may or may not have cost me ten bucks too. <laughs> <laughs> oh shoot. All right. Let's get into the picks. Last week, Ryan, you were eighteen and two. Yeah. Uh, Peyton and Brady were both seventeen and three, and not to toot my own horn, I was twenty and oh. Were you really? I was. How about that? Wow, that's impressive. So now the total tally here. I am 79 and 31. Ryan is also 79 and 31. Uh, Peyton and Brady are 77 and 33. Uh, Derek Bax is still in the lead with 80 and 30 as a record. Um, Austin Spieth is also 79 and 31. So Russell and Boos fell a game behind. They're seventy-eight and thirty-two. So here we go. There's there's an update on the records. Um, and let's get into it, guys. If you're ready, we'll start with the NFL on Thursday night. We'll go the Lions at the Packers here to get things started. Uh, Lions are favored by a point and a half. Over under is forty-six. I'll go ahead. I'll go ahead and start. I'm going to take the. Lions on the road. Ooh. The brand new Lions. The brand new Lions. Yeah, I'm gonna uh I'm gonna go the other way, Brad. I'm gonna try to this this could be our swing game for the week. We'll see. But uh I'm gonna <laughs> go with the Packers. I like what Jordan loves it. Well, I don't like it, but uh I expect it. That's what I thought Justin Fields was gonna be. Turns out I was wrong, but uh just uh Packers look like they might be the team to beat. Looks like they might have the best quarterback in the division. I hate to say that, but um. Yeah, I just I think Jordan loves really starting to come on a lot of confidence. I like the Packers. Yeah, I'm not necessarily sold on the Lions, but being a Thursday night game, weird stuff happens, and I think the Lions will be able to get pressure on Jordan Love uh, with Hutchinson and the guys. So I will take Detroit in a really close one, though. I'm going to take Detroit as well. I just can't pick the Packers because uh, Dayton Price. So give me the Lions. <laughs> All right, Sunday morning, got to get up early. I think it's a 9.30 start. Uh, the Going across the pond, you got the Falcons who are 2-1, and one, taking on the Jaguars who are 1-2. and two. The Jags are favored by three, over-unders 43 and a half. I'll go ahead and start. I don't trust Jacksonville right now, so I'm going to take the Dirty Birds. Yeah, I'm going to go the other way. I think this is Jacksonville's uh, get-right game. I heard you guys on the last last show – Especially Brady, really disappointed the Jaguars so far this year. I agree with that, uh, but I, I think it's early yet. I think this is the week they start to get things turned around a little bit, so give me the Jags. If Jacksonville goes to one and three, I'm going to be pretty upset. Uh, so I'll take the Jags here. I'm taking the Jags as well, guys. All right. Chance for me to get a game up on you guys there again. I was also I was also born in Jacksonville, Florida. A lot of people don't know that, but so that's – also, kind of, I lean that way anyway. That might be my new team if the Bears continue on this downward spiral <laughs> that they're on. Yeah, the Bears are who we thought they were. They're exactly who we thought they were. <laughs> I'm, a we'll I'm a Chiefs fan now, Ryan. Wow. All right. Well, that's 
Yeah, and I'm not even going to address that. Well, if my girl, <laughs> my girl Tay Tay, if Tay Tay was dating someone else on another team, I'd be a fan of them. But that chose. whole thing, that whole thing is is exactly why I can't stand the Chiefs. So <laughs> I like Andy Reid, though. I do like Andy Reid, but that's about it. <laughs> not a big, not a Swifty, huh? Not a Swifty. I'm the I'm uh, if Swifty's on one end, I'm on the complete opposite end. <laughs> Oh, before we circle back to the Bears, let's talk about uh, the next game. The Dolphins, who are 3-0, and travel to Buffalo to take on the Bills, who are 2-1. and Guys, a shocking line here. Buffalo's favored by 2.5, over-unders 54. Mm. I'm taking the away team again. Give me the Dolphins. I'm going to go with the Bills. Uh, I think this is the Dolphins', this is the Dolphins first loss. Got to come somewhere. Um and I think really the difference in this game – I mean, if this was in Miami, I'd probably take the Dolphins. Not that they have a huge home field advantage, but I do like the Bills' home field advantage. Uh, I feel like they're playing well, and I think they I think they get it done this weekend. Yeah, so I'm a huge Dolphins fan and Miami believer in general this year. However, I will say the Buffalo Bills with Josh Allen are like the complete opposite of what the Patriots were with Tom Brady because – in those days, the Patriots would go like one and three or two and two in September, get blown out a couple times, and then playoff time be good to go. The Bills are the complete opposite of that, and these September games mean a lot to them for whatever reason. So I think they uh, throw the kitchen sink at Miami and beat them. All right. I'm going to take the Dolphins. I just like what they're doing. Anybody know if Waddle's back yet? Practice today in full. Okay. Outstanding. Got him in fantasy, so. Yep, All right, I'll take, I'll take the Dolphins. <laughs> All right, moving along here. Battle of a couple teams that can't get out of their own way. Uh, the 0 3 Broncos and the 0 3 Bears in Chicago. I saw this, I saw this tweet. Sorry to interrupt you, Peyton. I just got to get this out there. I saw this tweet that said that, that describes that game stoppable, stoppable force versus movable object. <laughs> So, go ahead, Peyton, with the Lions. The, the, the Lions, three and a half. It should be a pick them, guys. Over-under is 46. Um, gosh, I don't know. Broncos for me. Okay. Brady, you want to go? Yeah, Broncos. Let's ride. <laughs> if, you're, if you're bamboozled on this game, just look at the head coaching matchup, and that should, <laughs> that'll get it done for you. All right, I'll take the Broncos. Talk to me there right you go. Going against the grain. Bear down. Yeah, this, you're is silly. Last hope. this is the last hope. Last chance. You're week. silly. What? You're silly. The last chance, man. <laughs> last chance. Hey, you see Justin Fields said at a press conference, he's just glad to be playing football. There's a lot of other things. I'm not even watching anymore. Every time I see him, Eberflus, the Bears, anything, scroll on my Twitter, I just keep scrolling. <laughs> Not even gonna put myself through it. <laughs> All right, <laughs> another pretty good game, I would imagine. A couple two and one teams: the Cleveland Browns welcome in the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, uh, Cleveland's favored by three. Over unders forty and a half, guys. Mm, I'm gonna go with Cleveland. I'm gonna go with Cleveland as well. Ravens just lost that lost to the Colts. Uh, you can't be doing that. Colts are and. Tanking for Marv mode, and they somehow went and won a game against a 
team that they're really not that better not better than. So uh, give me the give me the Browns at home. Yeah, I'm on the Browns at home too. I think that the Nick Chubb injury, yeah, it was devastating just from a morale standpoint, but everyone acted like that was the end of the Browns season. The Browns have never really won anything with Nick Chubb. And we know running back is like the most replaceable position in the NFL. So I think the Browns will get another big win. Yeah, I need Deshaun Watson to have a big uh, week for me in fantasy. And it looked like he remembered how to play football last week. So uh, give me the Brownies. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Uh, Game of the week, you got the two and – or excuse me, the one and two Patriots. Traveling to the two and one Cowboys, who just lost to the Cardinals, baby. <laughs> Dallas favored by seven. Over unders forty three. Yeah, that's a joke. I never got choke again. Give me the Patriots. Ooh. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Cowboys in a bounce back game. Uh, uh, closer than the experts think, though. I think the Patriots cover, but the Cowboys win. Don't overthink it, guys. Cowboys. <laughs> Cowboys. <laughs> Well, I overthought it. <laughs> uh, Sunday night football, the two and one Chiefs taking on the Jets, who are one and two. Hopefully, we can get a duet with Carrie Underwood and Taylor Swift singing Sunday night football. Uh, mm. Kansas City's favored by nine and a half, over unders 42 and a half. No question for me, Chiefs. 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 Uh, that's pretty simple. All right, Monday Night Football, uh, the two and one Seahawks take on the Giants, who are one and two. Guys, this is interesting. This game's a pick 'em. Lines even. Over unders forty seven. Where's this game at? In New York. Ooh. Go ahead, somebody else. Seahawks. I'll go Seahawks. Seahawks for me. Seahawks for me. Seahawks as well for me. Clean sweep again, huh? Yeah. All right. Take it. Does it for the NFL. Um, Got anything to add before we move on to the college slate, guys? Bears are tanking for uh, Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison. Oh, just so we can ruin their careers, too. (laughs) (laughs) If we're at it, if we're going to do it, let's do it right. Yeah. I just don't (laughs) want another Buckeye go to the Chicago because, like, (laughs) I used I used to I used to get mad at the Bears for not drafting Buckeyes, but now it's like why we're we're just going to ruin them anyway. So yep. stay away. Yeah, stay away. Marv don't need that disaster. <laughs> but he'll get the dome in Arlington Park. Uh that's true. That's true. I think that's coming. We got a few years yet, but uh, I don't know. I'm kind of I'm kind of torn on that. Part of me wants it because I know the the kind of money it could bring to the Bears because the Bears don't actually own Soldier Field. Uh, part of me is also torn because I, I believe the Bears should play in what they call bear weather, you know, in Chicago, November, December, snow, wind, uh, wind chill below freezing, all that good stuff. But uh, eh, nothing we can do about it. Guys, I, I really am afraid that all these all these teams are going to go to domes in the NFL in the next 10 years. I mean, there's too much money involved that they could, except Green Bay. Green Bay will probably be the only place that keeps it outside. Now, see, why? now why is that? Like, why? what's – I just told you I'm torn. Like I could go either way, but like the Bears, like why, why are the Bears not? Why do they not view themselves that way? I guess. I, yeah, I don't know. They should. I don't. I don't care what the rest of the league thinks of them. I want to know why the Bears don't view themselves that way. Right. <laughs> because Soldier Field and Lam- like 
I'd put Soldier Field right up there with Lambeau, you know. It's in the conversation. It's behind Lambeau, but it's right. it's up there. So. Probably the second most historic NFL stadium. Certainly, certainly a discussion. Let's move on. This is just making me depressed because I was so excited about Bears football. <laughs> I'm, I'm three weeks in, I'm, I'm thinking about switching teams. Let's just let's get to college. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Unless Brett wants to talk about his Cardinals, who are supposed no, to. No, 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 no. We're at the 49ers this week. Oh, well. That's good for the tank. That's great yeah. for the Great yeah. for the tank. I love it. That's all I got on that. Okay. All right. Got five college games here that we picked out. Number 10, Utah, 4-0, traveling to Oregon State, who's number 19, who is 3-1. and one. Can we stop with the Friday night college football games? Like, Friday night's – Move it. Yes, move it to Thursday. Move it to Thursday. Yep. No one watches on Friday night. I'm sorry. I agree. But you know what? You know why they moved it? I think it's because NFL on Thursday nights become more popular. They don't want to have to compete with the NFL. But, like, I don't know. I feel like if it's a good enough game, I mean, it depends on the matchup. But, I mean, I think on a Thursday night, I don't think college needs to run from the NFL. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's just the way I see it. Because most of the time, the NFL, they have a doozy on a Thursday night. I mean, NFL games typically – pretty bad yeah that's true but uh coming up they don't because we got the bears and the commanders coming up here in a couple weeks and then next month we got the bears and the panthers so, yeah that's a real doozy that's the uh that's the uh, loser gets marvin harrison jr game so <laughs> even <at> christmas <laughs> college needs to give friday up that's for high school go back to putting your your weeknight games on thursday yep uh, I got to say, though, I am going to like watching a high school game on Friday night. And then, I mean, I'm going to get to see the whole second half of this game because it doesn't kick till nine. That's true. Okay. West Coast is allowed to do it. West Coast. Right. West Coast only. That's yeah. the yeah. There. That's the solution. Yep. Peyton, you got a line for us here? Yep. The line is uh, Oregon State's favored by three over unders 44 and a half. Well, I tell you, Utah – didn't impress me a whole lot last week, but give UCLA a little bit of credit hanging in there. But uh, go Utes. I'm taking Utah on this one. I agree. Give me the Utes and an outright upset. Uh, hearing whispers that I, I know we hear this every week, Cam Rising trying to make a comeback. I heard he's splitting reps uh, with the guy that's been been filling in for him. Um, that defense, that defense is dirty. That's one of the best. That's one of the best defenses in America this year. So. Uh, Defense travels, as they say. So I like the Utes on the road. Yeah, I, I think we're we've all kind of turned into Utah fans after what happened last year, and just the brand of football they play is fun to watch, and they're very tough. However, I think that I don't think Cam Rising plays again this week, and I think this is the week the quarterback play catches up with them, and I think it'll be too tough at Oregon State. So give me the Beavers in a close one. Yeah, Brady, Utah plays like a Midwest style of football out west. So uh, yeah, I'm taking Utah. Taking Utah. Yep. All right. Next game, 4-0 Kentucky, who is not ranked, welcomes in number 22, Florida, 3-1. UK's favored by one, over-unders 44. Uh, I'm going to take Kentucky on this one, guys. Same here. I'm going with Kentucky. Uh, the reason, two reasons. One, because uh, I trust Kentucky's coach more than I do Florida's and because Florida's quarterback is Graham Mertz. 
after yeah after the showing that Graham Mertz had against Utah, I was pretty confident I was wasn't going to pick Florida to win a game the rest of the season. However, <laughs> looking at this with the spread, I just don't think Kentucky is battle tested, and Florida impressed me a couple weeks ago with the win against Tennessee. So I I will take Florida on the road. I uh, I trust Kentucky's coach more than I trust Florida's coach. I trust Kentucky's quarterback more than I trust Florida's quarterback. Give me the wild. You read you reading off my script, Peyton? No, you you didn't say quarterback. You said coach. I but I also said I mentioned I mentioned Yeah, you mentioned Graham Mertz is the quarterback. Yes. I agree. <laughs> I'm picking against Graham Mertz. Yep. <laughs> okay, continue. All right. A couple four no teams next. Number 3 Texas plays host to number 24 Kansas. Uh Texas is favored by 16 and a half over under 61 and a half. Texas. Texas big. Kansas finally plays somebody this week. I think they get exposed. Uh, like their coach, I just I don't think they have near the athletes that Texas have. Give me the horns. Yeah, agreed. Texas. Hook them, but I get, I'm going to take Kansas to cover, guys. Texas is going to play down to their level. All right. Plain sweet. Uh, next one, couple three and one teams. Number 13, LSU traveling to Ole Miss. Take on the Rebels. LSU's favored by two and a half, over under 67 and a half. Uh, I'm going to take – give me Lane Kiffin in this one. I'm going to take Ole Miss. I like LSU. LSU knows they have to get – they cannot afford another loss before they get to that uh, matchup, that big matchup with Alabama. Um, and I think Ole Miss, even though they're at home, I think they may be suffering from that uh, – the old Alabama hangover Uh they were probably expecting to come out of there with a W. This was probably their best shot at that. You know, to beat Alabama, they didn't get it. Um, I think they're still kind of down about that. So, and I, I think LSU is just a little better. So, I, I like them on the road. Uh, oh, Brady, sorry. No, you're good. Uh, Jackson Dart is fun, but I just think LSU is the better team. So, I will also take LSU. Yeah, give me the Tigers. Oh, geez. I got another one on you guys there. <laughs> 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 All right, number 11, Notre Dame, 4-1, and one, traveling to Duke, take on the Blue Devils, number 17 in the nation. They are 4-0. and oh. uh, Notre Dame's favored by six, over-unders 52. I'm taking the Irish to bounce back in a big way. I think they get the job done on the road. I like Ohio State to beat Notre Dame twice. Um, I think this is that kind of hangover game. This was Notre Dame's – Super Bowl, quote unquote, um, and I think they're. I think this Duke team is better than what people think. Um, I do think it's a close game, um, but I, I just, I just think this loss, this is a game from this past weekend, kind of lingers. And I, uh, I like the Blue Devils in a big upset. Maybe it's just because I'm kind of rooting for Notre Dame. Uh, I'm going to take the Irish as well, just because I'm rooting for Marcus Freeman. Um, can't let it happen two years in a row. You can't lose back-to-back games or lose the week after the loss to Ohio State. So, hoping for a win for the Irish. So, Brady, that's part of my feeling here is like, like yeah, Notre Dame bouncing back and going and beating the team that destroyed Clemson. Uh, that would make, you know, Ohio State's win look even better. I feel like every time we need that to happen, we we very rarely get it. 
Yeah. So that's kind of what, like, I'm just kind of following a pattern, so to speak, I guess. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. And I, and I, I definitely think Notre Dame's a better team, but I just got a weird feeling about that game. I think Duke pulls it out somehow, but I, that's kind of where what you just described, that's kind of why I, I lean towards Duke. Well, I'm kind of confused why Duke is like six or seven point dogs because, I mean, it's like they haven't gotten any respect after beating Clemson the way they did earlier this season. So it, it right. is kind of odd to me. Yeah, I, I'm i not sure what's going on there. Give me the Irish. I think that last year, you know, Coach Freeman in his first year going to Ohio State, I mean, the hangover was real. It's easy to overlook like a Marshall. I mean, you think you can just go in there and just roll the ball out and beat them. And then you go look on this year's schedule. You have undefeated Duke, who's ranked 17. You can't overlook that one. Marcus Freeman's going to have the boys ready. Give me the Irish. Is that where game day is going, too, this week? I believe so. I don't know. I heard, I heard that on one of the Ohio State podcasts I listened to. I believe so. Let me check real quick. That's what, that, I mean, there's nothing against those two teams, but that, that means we're – I know the Buckeyes are on a bye, too. That's a kind of a lousy slate if that's – Hey, did you hear that on Menace of Sports? No, I did not. I heard it on the podcast. <laughs> All right. No, I'm not part of the Menace Army yet. Yeah, I'm not either. Uh, we know you're not. <laughs> All right. Anything else college football-wise? Buckeyes are on a bye. I don't know what to do with myself. I hate bye weeks. Great week for a wedding. Buckeyes are on bye. This will be my most productive Saturday of the fall. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You guys ready to get into the high school? Hey, yep. Hey, yes, game day's going to Duke. Duke Notre Dame. Kind of wow. shocked it's not going to uh old Nebraska. Big matchup. Big blue goes out to big red. Huh. Like, that's that's the that's the snooze fest of the week right there. <laughs> <laughs> that that's got that's got like thirty one to seven written all over it. Mm-hmm. Like and like I'm talking like ten seven at halftime no boy anyways all right let's get into the high school games if you guys are ready yep all right big one in the nwoal couple undefeated patrick henry heading up to liberty center take on the tigers peyton go ahead and kick this one off yeah guys i said earlier in the year that ph was going to knock off one of those big powerhouses either liberty center or archbold However, after what I just seen what Liberty Center did to Brian last week, it's not this week. I think LC's rolling and going to LC makes it even tougher. Give me the Tigers by two touchdowns. I agree. Tigers. Yeah, I'm going to take Liberty Center as well. Clean sweep. I'm like, going to take it, Liberty Center as well. It kills me because, like we say, we don't pick against Saban. We don't pick against Belichick. Like It's tough to pick against Coach I, but – you have to. LC's rolling. Yep. Get to the Northwest Conference, couple big ones. Five and one Crestview traveling to Bluffton, who's undefeated. Peyton, take it away. Guys, Bluffton is like the biggest surprise of this high school football season so far. And Crestview's, I mean, flying under the uh, radar going five and one this year. Going to Bluffton, long bus trip. Give me the Pirates. I'm with you, Peyton. I'm going to take the Bluffton Pirates as well. Um, Little shout out here. I was at a volleyball. My wife coaches volleyball at Antwerp. I was at a volleyball game a couple weeks ago. Mike Mag told me that the Bluffton Pirates are the team to beat in the NWC. I don't know if he cares that I shout his name out. I don't care. I'm going to do it anyway. He said Bluffton's a team to beat, so I'm going to take Bluffton in this game. 
I don't know if you guys are aware, but Bluffton hasn't given up a point in four weeks. So I am also mm-hmm. taking Bluffton. Although I do, I do think Crestview scores in the game. I'll take Bluffton. Uh, clean sweep, taking Bluffton as well. All right, another another big one. We got six and zero Lipsick welcoming in the Columbus Grove Bulldogs, who are four and two. Guys, if this game was at Climber Stadium in Columbus Grove, I think this would be a no doubt taking Columbus Grove. But I'm still going to take Columbus Grove on the road. Andy Schaefer and the boys get it done. Knock, give Lipsick their first loss of the year. Ooh. So real quick, Lipsick obviously undefeated, and Grove was probably the favorite going in. What like is Grove? considered the favorite in this game do you guys think i don't think so i think lipstick is i i, I kind of lean that way too um looking at some common opponents that they've played or and they're not a lot but there are there are a couple uh because it's at lipstick i'm gonna take lipstick yeah gonna be a great game i think lipstick is looking ahead to next week planning on being undefeated uh for the showdown against bluffton but I am also going to take Columbus Grove on the road. I think they've been written off a little too early this season by a few people. And both of their losses are quality losses. Week one at Gilboa by three. And then week three at Patrick Henry by 12. I, I just like Grove's toughness. I think they get the upset. Guys, you know I have a rule. I don't pick against uh, Andy Schaefer. I don't pick against Chris Algie at Macomb. I don't pick against Marion Local. I don't. There's certain teams and guys I don't pick against. And I'm not doing it this week. Give me the Grove Bulldogs on the road. Wow. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get into the GMC homecoming for the Paulding Panthers, who are four and two. Hicksville Aces heading over to Paulding, who are one and five. Paulding's looking to get their third straight win in a row. That hasn't happened at Paulding since 1997. It happens Friday night. Give me the Panthers. Yeah, Paulding Panthers for me as well. Uh, Hicksfield seems to kind of be in rebuild mode right now. Paulding's kind of got a good thing going, got some momentum. Uh, they seem to be playing with confidence. I'll take the Panthers. Paulding's going to win this one. They get to five and two, but as we've talked about, they're going to have to win one of those last three games of their regular season. But I do think they get that and they get the opportunity after winning this week. Give me Paulding. Clean sweep there. All right, moving on. The Fairview Apaches, who are 0-6, travel to Edgerton, take on the Bulldogs, who are 1-5. Guys, I, I watched Edgerton last week. I watched Fairview the week before. I think Fairview, they've got a good thing going. They're very young. I love Will Zedike, and they're gonna, uh, Edgerton's going to have a tough time bringing him down. I take the Apaches to get their first win of the season. Yep, same here. I got the Fairview Apaches, first win of the year. Um Probably a close game, probably a pretty competitive game, but I do like Fairview in this one. Yeah, I'm going to go Fairview also. Oh, my goodness. I thought I was going to be the only one. Give me Fairview. Clean sweep. Sorry, Coach Flagel. All right. Next one. Pretty big rivalry game here. Five and one Ayersville welcomes in the three and three to Nora Rams. I'm torn on th- – I mean – this is the game that's probably the toughest one to pick this week out of the GMC slate. And Ayersville's so physical up front. Tenora's coming off of I.O. Pretty uh, big win against the Raiders. You know what? I'd say the bell is going to Ayersville this week. I'd have Coach Mickey and the boys knock it off Tenora to move to 6-1. and one. 
Wow. I think uh, Tenora's too one-dimensional for me, fellas. Uh, I'm going to go Tenora, and since you're going bold, I'm going to go – I got to go bolder. I'll, th- I'll say Tenora by two scores. Totally agree, Ryan. I like Tenora. Big. I'm taking Tenora as well, Peyton. Got a chance to get one on us there. If you see Coach Mickey's shoe game on when he's on the sidelines, you'd understand why I'm taking Ayersville. He rocks rocks Jordan 11 baby blues. They're slick. Here we go. Game of the week. We're heading over to Antwerp to watch the undefeated Archers as they welcome in the 3-3 and Wayne Trace Raiders. Before we get into making our picks, we caught up with a couple players from each team, and uh, we're going to play those interviews for you right now. Looking for a high-quality detailing service? Check out Stoller Shine Detailing, located on the outskirts of Paulding. Stoller Shine Detailing has a variety of options for interior-exterior detailing. Whether your ride is new, used, or abused, Stoller Shine Detailing strives for highest quality results and treat each vehicle as their own. To schedule an appointment, go to StollerShineDetailing.com or contact owner and operator Logan Stoller at 419-770-1042. Check out Stoller Shine Detailing on Facebook. Joining us now on Across the Field, a couple of Wayne Trey seniors. We got number eight, Dylan Hildebrand, number two, Tucker Antoine. Guys, how are we doing this evening? Pretty good. 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 Uh, Brady, I'm going to go ahead and let you get started. We're going to preview uh, the game this week between Wayne Trace and Antwerp, our game of the week. And uh, Brady's got some questions for you guys. All right. Hey, guys, thanks for joining us tonight. Um, Before we get to this week's game, let's talk a little bit about your season up to this point. And either one of you can answer this. Just kind of talk. I know you're three and three. Talk about what's going well and kind of what you still need to improve on so far. You can start, Tuck. Uh, I I thought going going into this week that we played a couple pretty good teams that we lost to, but we played them pretty close. Uh, just, you know, one possession games, but I think we're, we do pretty good right now, but it's not, we're not doing too bad. Um, well, I think that we played a tough non-schedule. I mean, Fort Cover, they're max school, so they're always good. They're big, strong. We played PH as number two in Division Seven. We got Crestview, who's ranked, and that's just getting us ready for all these tough conference games we're about to play right now. Yeah, for sure. So kind of looking, you know, the non-conference schedule is really tough, I know. Now in league play, you win your first two, and then you drop one at Tenora. Um, How have you guys been trying to rebound? I know it's still early this week, but kind of talk about what the feeling has been, the mood in the locker room and amongst you guys here the past couple days since that tough loss at Tenora. So, I mean, that was a tough loss, especially the way it ended. So, I mean, it stings, and we went 0-4 against Sonora, so of course that hurts, and you don't like losing Sonora. So we're letting it sting, and we're playing with a little bit of aggression this week. Fired up, ready to go. It's a big week. Uh, I think that we, we played Sonora pretty tough. We knew that. We knew that we were in that game. We probably should have won that game, but we're kind of just putting our heads down and focusing on Antwerp. For sure, yeah. And you guys, you know, both you guys are seniors on this team. I know the senior season always means just a little bit more. So now that we're into it here, we're six weeks in, talk about kind of what this season has meant to you guys so far as being senior 
leaders on this team and really what you're trying to look to do to build on to help your team uh, finish out the season here the last four weeks? Uh, I think I think that uh, we're trying to just be the best examples we can be to the younger kids and show them how you should play, how you should act on and off the field. Uh, that's pretty much all I got. Just lead by example. I mean, I think this year we everyone's really stepped up as leaders. We haven't had great leaders in the past, and I think we're doing a better example of that. We've got a great leader in Kyle Stoller. He's one of the best leaders we, you could ever have. I mean, so he's really set an example for – us seniors, and then all the other classmen that are looking up to him. Brett or Peyton, you guys got anything before we get into the Antwerp game? Yeah. Uh, Tucker, uh, thanks for coming on tonight, guys. Um, Tucker, this question's for you. Uh, typically, in the previous years when you played varsity ball, you were a slot receiver. Talk about your transition from the slot receiver to the running back position. Uh, I guess from, from the end of last year, I really just got in the weight room. I tried to pack on as much weight as I could. Uh, I thought going into the season that the running back spot would probably be best for me, especially with the offense change we're kind of going into. So I really just hit it hard in the weight room. And then Coach Holden kind of put me in that spot. So that's really all. If you ever see Tuck with shorts on, call him Quadzilla. <laughs> <laughs> And then, uh, you know, this question's for both of you. Either one could start. But, you know, if, if I'm correct, you guys started your freshman year with Coach Spies. Uh, your sophomore year was uh, Coach Holden. Talk about, like, that transition period and then how, how you seen, you know, Coach Holden really in his first varsity head coaching stint, how he's grown and, you know, how you guys have bought into his system. So, I, so freshman year, me and Tuck both played. So, we always had Coach Mike at our necks and – I'm just thankful for Coach Mike because he really got us ready for senior year right now. I mean, he was tough on us all the time. It was tough love. We'd mess up. He'd rip us, and we'd make a great play, and he'd give us a hug and hoot and holler for us. And then Coach Holden, you can really tell that he's grown as a head coach. I mean, our sophomore year, he was confused a lot of things, and things were sloppy, and now everything's organized and smooth, and everything just goes in a nice flow. Yeah, Coach Coach Mike definitely helped us all the way through. Even now, you, you have a question for him; he'll he'll still answer it to this day. But and Coach Holden, he's just grown. He's grown as a coach and as a mentor to us. You know, he helps us on and off the field. So, Coach Holden, yeah, he's he's really stepped up as a coach, especially our last year. Guys, I got one for you. Um, talking to Coach Holden preseason this year, it seems like every year. Um, he's tried to simplify the offense a little bit. Can you talk about that, how much easier that's gotten for you guys as you went along from your sophomore year until now? Yeah, I'll start with this one. So, sophomore year, I feel like we had a lot of plays, and it was just confusing. Things would get, like, overlapped. So, we'd be thinking we run one play, but we run another play, and it just got confusing. And this year, we simplified it. So, we don't have a lot of plays, but we can do a lot of things with plays. Yeah, I'd go off that sophomore year, the plays are really confusing. Uh, there's so many plays, and I think Coach Holden kind of realized that in high school you don't really need that many plays. You just have variations off that plays that set up other plays. So I think it was just a better change going into this year, especially with all the athletes we have at receiver. All right. You guys got anything else before we jump into 
this week's matchup. I'm good. Now let's go ahead and jump into the Antwerp game. All right, go ahead, Brady. Take her away. All right, you guys. So no secret, you know, you go to Antwerp this week. Rivalry game in Antwerp, obviously kind of being the class of the GMC the past few years. 13-1 and last year, undefeated this year coming in. Tell me, you know, early this week with what you guys have seen so far and just so far this season, um, what do you guys see out of this Antwerp team? Uh, I see they got a lot of athletes, and they believe in all their athletes. So we just got to play the best we can. Uh, Just a little different feel at practice this week. You know, everyone knows it's Antwerp week, and everyone knows the rivalry we got between them. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go off Tucker. So it's we've lost the last two years to them. So I mean that's eating at us. We want to go at least five hundred with them in high school, especially after last year. I mean we were in the we were in the ball game late, but we just couldn't pull it off. And it just stings a little bit knowing that we lost last two years and feeding off that from for this year. And we know what they're capable of. They know what we're capable of. We don't like them. They don't like us. It's a it's gonna be a great matchup. Yeah. So let's talk about that game. Let's rewind. Last year, they beat you guys 28-6, to but that was a game that was really closer than what the final score showed, I think, um, just from calling that game and being there um, and thinking about it a little bit today. You guys came out in that game and threw kind of a different wrinkle at them offensively for sure, and I know you did some things differently defensively also. Now, I'm not asking you to totally give away your game plan for this week, but when you look at this year's Antwerp team and you guys this year, this year's edition of the game, where do you guys think that you will be able to attack them, or where do you think you guys maybe have an advantage over them? Well, I think we can attack them anywhere. I think our offense is capable of really attacking any team anywhere. We just got to run the plays right, run them with efficiency, and get the job done up front, of course, and Win up front, you can pretty much win the ball game. Yeah, I, I think we can score on pretty much everything we got in the offense. Uh, we know they're kind of their weak spots. Uh, they're up front, so probably gonna attack that. But uh, honestly, for it's just the defense. We stop the stop the big plays, and I, I think we win the game. Mm-hmm. Guys, talk about you know Wayne Trace. Very little is in the underdog role. This week, I mean, outsiders are probably favoring Antwerp this week, and you know, rightfully so, they're undefeated. Talk about, you know, how are you guys taking that underdog mentality into this week, into this massive rivalry game? I mean, I don't really think that we care, like, who picks us, who doesn't pick us, because really outside of the team, who cares, it doesn't matter what anyone else says. So, the underdog mentality, we don't really have that. We think we're not an underdog in any single game. We can win every game we've played this year. We've been in almost every game except for one. So, I mean, really the underdog, we don't really have an underdog effect. We know we can stick with anybody in the area. Uh, I mean, everyone knows they got 23-game win streak, regular season win streak. So, I think everyone wants to just try and knock that off. So, I, I, like I said again, the, practice, the feeling at practice is just a little different this week. Guys, uh, talking about Antwerp here, you know, a lot of a lot of the attention goes to quarterback Carson Olimus and wide receiver Landon Brewer, um, and rightfully so. Those guys make a go. But uh, what are some of the other guys that you guys are looking forward to or maybe in your game plan that you're, you're worried about and you gotta you got to limit their touches or limit their possessions? Uh, well, you really can't let Reed get outside on you because 
if he can get out, he can get outside. He'll make you pay. And then they got Winslow, who's an absolute burner. He's not going to go up top and get it, but he's going to fly right past you, catch the ball, and go score. But other than that, I don't think there's any no real threats. Yeah, I just say don't let Reed get outside and stop Ultimus and Brewer win the game. All right, guys. So answer this question for me. Let's say you guys go over to Antwerp and win on Friday night. If you are able to do so, what will be the difference in the game, you think? Uh, I would say just winning up front. If we win up front, we win the game. Uh, I don't know if they're going to be able to stop the run. Um, I'd say probably – our offense, our offense has to be able to score because we know their offense is going to score. So I really want to say it would be a shootout, but we need our defense to get stops and we go score off of that. So we can at least put ourselves in a position to win without having it be a shootout. Mm-hmm. Tucker, question for you specifically, uh, I guess Dylan as well, but Tucker, you being in the backfield, uh, going from slot to running back and, you know, just the, the transition of the offensive line, um, how connected are what, are you with those guys this year? Uh, I'd say we're pretty well connected. Uh, they know if they, they give me a little bit of a crease, I'm going to find it and I'm going to go. So I, they know if they move, they move the guys they need to move that there's going to be something. Guys, coaches like to say, you know, it's just another week. They talk about rivalry games being just another week. Talk about, you know, the atmosphere in the locker room and then on the practice field. Are you guys treating this just like another week or – it's obviously it means a little more. You see these guys, you know, the Letterman jackets in Paulding at Mac, the McDonald's, Dairy Queen. Talk about, you know, is it just another week to you guys? Uh, I'd say probably not, just because it's a rivalry aspect. And I'll be honest, I've been looking forward to this game since last year when we lost. It's just we've been competing with them ever since we were younger, and it's been us and them. So I'm just really looking forward to this game. Yeah, I mean, no one, no one dislikes Antwerp more than our team so just want to go in there and not only beat them for us but beat it for the communities because we know we know how the community gets into the game too so definitely be a great game well guys best of luck to you friday night yes sir thank you you. thanks guys thanks guys good luck thank you thank you joining us now a couple antwerp seniors uh number 51 cyrus gale and number seven carson Aldemus. guys how are we doing this evening doing good how are you doing doing wonderful doing wonderful brady i'm gonna let you take it away you go ahead and fire away here all right man sounds good hey guys thanks for joining us um i just want to ask you both real quick and you guys can both chime in on this obviously coming into this season after what you guys did last year and even the year before you guys pretty heavy heavy favorites this year not only in the conference but to be one of the best teams in the area here um, how have you guys kind of embraced all off season and then to with the start of this season? How have you guys embraced kind of you know being the top dogs and having that target on your back? Oh yeah, what we did last year is pretty special. But what Coach Lisi says is we're not defending the GMC anymore. We're attacking the GMC still, and the pass doesn't mean anything. And we just got to get better uh, week by week. Go one and zero each week so we can get better for the rest of the season. Yeah, I would say we definitely embrace it, and we use it as, like, a chip on our shoulder that we were good last year. Um, we use it in practice to, like, 
let us know that everyone's coming at us and every single week we're going to get everyone's best. For sure. And so last year, obviously a great season. You guys go 13-1, and losing that playoff game to LCC. Looking back at last year's team, you guys lose a couple of key contributors. I know Kendrick Robinson and uh, Parker Moore. But looking at this year's team and what you guys have done the first six weeks here, what do you think makes this team different or better than last year's team? Uh, we just know what we have to do to get to the regional finals again. Uh, we weren't expecting to go that far in last year, but we ended up doing it. We worked really hard, and we know what we have to do this year to do that same thing again. Um, I would definitely say that experience. A lot of our guys have played – this will be like our fourth year playing varsity, and we're just a year older, a year faster, and a year stronger, and I think that really uh, helps us execute our game plans each week. For sure. So looking at this season so far, you guys 6-0, and um, winning most of your games pretty handily. I know week two, Eden played you guys tough for a half, and then Tenora a couple weeks ago hung with you guys for a little bit. Talk about this first six weeks um, and any challenges you guys have faced or really the areas where you've grown in these first six weeks as a team. <clears throat> we, every year, like our run game is, it's slow developing. About week five, week six is when we can really, really uh, start to bash teams around the ball. And this year it's been no different. We've struggled running the ball, but over these past couple of weeks, we've gotten a lot better at it. And uh, I think teams should keep that on notice. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Cyrus summed it up. Brad or Peyton, if you guys have any questions, go ahead and shoot. Yeah, guys, talk about, you know, all offseason. I mean, Antwerp was in the headlines for everything. I mean, Carson, you're on the uh, cover of Black Swamp Football Magazine. I mean, everyone just wants to get in and talk to Antwerp. How have you guys been, like, have you guys been, you know, embracing that or trying to block out all outside noise? I would say we've, we've been blocking it out. Our coaches always tell us to just ignore what the media says and just focus on the game plan, get better at practice each week, and just ignore it completely. Yeah, we like to ignore it. Like, we uh, – I wouldn't say completely ignore it. Like, yeah, we'll be proud of each other for our accomplishments, but at the end of the day, we don't let it get to our heads, and we like to stay pretty grounded because we know we still have a lot of work left to do. Cyrus, you know, I, I called a lot of your guys' games a couple years ago for my sports, and even as a young guy, you seemed like one of the more vocal or emotional leaders on this team. And now, you know, this is it for you. This is your senior year. Kind of talk about how you've grown in a, as a leader over the past couple of years and what this season being your last one really means to you. Oh, it means everything. It means the world. Ever since I moved to Antwerp, I can remember just wanting to play my senior year of football. And, you know, as a young guy, I like to be a leader because at the time we didn't have too many of those. Carson was, was one of them, too. He was also a leader. But, um, yeah, it just means the world and – you know, put so much hard work into it, and uh, I just can't wait to see it through. Carson, it's no secret you come from, like, a football family. Your dad was the old coach at Antwerp. Uh, your brother played quarterback there. He's back, you know, helping the team. You know, what's it mean for uh, you and your family, the, the run that you guys have been on this past year and a half? Oh, it's been pretty special. Um, ever since I've grown up, I've always asked my dad or my brother to go out and play catch with me. And just having them on the sideline has helped me tremendously. I always have someone to talk to, tell, tell me what I'm messing up on, what I'm doing good on. 
and just having them has helped me throughout my entire career. Carson, one of the things that has always kind of amazed me here, especially the past couple of years with you, is you're just not turning the ball over. And even this year, haven't thrown an interception yet. And, I mean, you're the focus of every team's defense. Every team is game planning for you, and you're just not turning the ball over. Is there anything defenses can throw at you now with all of your experience that's something you haven't seen before, or do you feel pretty comfortable and feel like you've seen about everything? Uh, it just comes with watching film. I watch film, watch the defenses, see what's open. And I got great receivers like Glandon Brewer, Cam, Cam Fuller, Taven Shaw, releasing Caden Winslow. I got the throw to them. They just make plays for me. I'm just throwing them the ball, and they're the ones making the plays. Yeah, you know, that's a good point there. You named off some other guys. Um, either of you guys can answer this. You two and, you know, throw in Landon and Reed, you four guys, I would say, are the guys that get a lot of the hype or the publicity. But who are maybe some of the other names that are doing some of the dirty work that has kind of gone unnoticed this year that you think deserve more recognition for what they're doing for your team? I would say one for sure is the freshman Keegan Gray Wyckoff. He's been amazing on the D line, getting a lot of sacks for us in big moments. And he's just gone unnoticed, but we notice it for sure. Um, a guy I would say is definitely Derek Hines. He's overlooked just because he's a little bit smaller, but he's doing some things for us on the offensive line that we just haven't had in the past couple of years. And he also made a giant leap from moving from end to linebacker, and he's been pretty decent, pretty solid player at linebacker. You guys talk a little bit about your head coach, uh, Coach Hale. You know, obviously he's grown just as you guys have grown in this program. Um, and he seems like a really good players coach. He's really uh, made you guys a really tight-knit group. Kind of talk about what Coach Hale means to you guys and kind of, you know, the trust that he has in you guys. I think trust is a big thing on our team. Like, all of our players, especially our skill players, know the offense so well. And Coach Hale understands that. He understands that he can allow us and, like, allow Carson to read defenses and make adjustments on the fly. And I think that's that's exactly what makes our team so special because we're not so locked in on one play. Like, we have one play, but we have five different variants of it. Yeah, Cyrus said uh, trust is a big thing. Uh, if I see something I don't like and Hale calls a play, he allows me to change it to whatever I want to, whatever I see is open. And if it's open, I'll, I'll call it. You trust me with that. I, guys, I got talk to, about where you go, were. Go ahead, my bad. My the bad. Start of your freshman year. I mean, uh, you win that uh, playoff game against Waynesfield Goshen, and then finally, like it seems like after that, I mean, everything just started clicking, and then you've been on this run. So talk about you know from that freshman year and how you built this all the way up to your senior year. Yeah, after winning that Waynesfield Goshen game, we realized that we we can pl win games, we can play good, and we just build off of that in the off season, going to sophomore year, and we. We knew we had, what we had coming back. We had a lot of skilled players, a lot of line, so many good players coming back, and we just built that since my freshman year. Um, I, I like to piggyback off of Coach Billman here, our basketball coach. He always says that uh, we need to make a winning culture in Antwerp, and I think that's what we've tried to do. We've always tried to do the little things right in the off season and during the season too, and we just put a lot of hard work and effort into it. Like even when we're not. If even if it's like not a scheduled lift, I know sometimes guys like me, Austin Miller, will go up and we'll lift and we'll get that little bit of extra work because not everyone's not everyone is willing to go the extra mile for it and like not everyone wants it as bad as us.
little backstory, guys. I got a couple questions, but I got to give you a little backstory. So I don't know if you know, I coached football over at Wayne Trace a few years ago when you guys were in junior high uh, with the junior high program. And so when we played you guys, um, obviously I saw that you were terrific. But I guess the question for me is, um, how big was it for you guys to have Coach Aldemus come back down and Coach Lishi come back down and kind of um, instill what they wanted to do uh, and get you guys rolling at such a young age? How do you think that's carried into now? Well, at first when I heard that, I was kind of upset because I knew he wasn't going to be my coach in high school. But <laughs> yeah. But having them come down and teaching us at the young age in junior high has helped us tremendously. Uh, he taught me how to read defenses, uh, when to throw the ball, timing and stuff like that. And it carried on into high school, and we've showed that it's worked pretty good. Yeah. Uh, definitely Coach Leachy for me has been a big impact. Um, just schematically, every week, seeing a new formation – like we like to know what the formation is, what the play, what their big plays are out of it. And just since middle school, we've been doing that. And it's, it's crazy to see how, how far along we've come just because of them. Okay. You guys. So now you come into this week, a game against Wayne trace that's six and uh, you guys are six and oh, Wayne trace three and three. And the question I want to ask you guys is I think Wayne trace this week really geared up for you guys, just like every team is that you guys play. Like we talked about, you have that target on your back. And Wayne Trace not only geared up because you guys are the best team in the area, but also because of the rivalry. So for you guys this week, has practice felt any different? I mean, is this game – I know you guys have beaten Wayne Trace pretty handily the last couple years. Is is this game still a big rivalry for you guys, or is it kind of just another game? I would say, yeah, it's a big rivalry, but – we like to look at it like it's just another team in another jersey. It's a big rivalry, but we can't overthink the uh, game too much and just play our own game. <clears throat> yeah, like Carson said, it's just a bunch of kids and a bunch of jerseys. And, you know, we just like to go out and physical. And whether it's a rivalry game or not, we want to be good fundamentally. We do not want to go away from our fundamentals. That's what we like to rely on in big games. Yeah, for sure. And so you guys, now we're talking here. It's a Wednesday night. You guys obviously um, have gotten to see Wayne Trace for a good part of the weekend and now this week on film, and you're starting to prepare for them. You don't have to tell me exactly what you're going to do schematically or give up your game plan, but what do you guys see in this Wayne Trace team? Maybe what concerns you about them? Uh, Their defense is uh, fast and physical. They run to the ball and make plays. I would say their offensive line is definitely – uh, made some leaps and bounds over the past year. Like, they've gotten a lot bigger, and it shows, and their experience is starting to show, too. Yeah. Okay, guys, so let's say you guys are able to win again at home this week and go to 7-0. and If you guys are able to beat Wayne Trace, what do you think will be the difference in the game? I would say the in the trenches, whoever's the one winning the trenches is going to win the game. The more physical team is going to win the game, I think. Yeah, I totally agree with Carson there. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Cyrus, I, I meant to ask you this earlier. Talk about the defense. I mean, when Antwerp, when people talk about Antwerp, they talk about the high scoring, the points, but this defense gets overlooked a lot. You guys play so fast. So what is it about the defense that, you know, Coach Leasty instills in you guys, or is it a scheme? What makes it so you guys play so fast and so physical? I think – the fact that we all just don't try to overdo it. We just like, 
Coach Felicity likes to say we played team defense. Every everyone has their own little job in their own little little area, and if you stack all those up together, you go one and zero. And he wants us to go one and zero over and over and over again. And then Carson, you know, we t- little talked about you talked about you know winning the trenches. Talk about the big boys up front. I mean, you guys lost Kendrick a year ago, but talk about how this team's gelled and the offensive line's still giving you plenty of time to throw the football. Yeah, Zane has filled Kendrick's spot tremendously, I think, and. The boys up front have been protecting me really good. And when we have run the game, they've been doing good. <clears throat> but, yeah, they've been giving me plenty of time, all the time I need to make passes to my wide receivers. Yeah, that's all I have tonight, guys. Thanks for hopping on. Brady, Brett. Yeah, you guys. So then looking beyond this week, you know, um, obviously four weeks to go in the regular season – have you guys started looking at the playoff picture a little bit and teams that you might see, or are you just kind of taking it one week at a time here until we hit that uh, playoff time in week 11? We like to go one week at a time. You know, the mm-hmm. biggest game is the next game always, no matter who it is. We don't look forward to the playoffs or anything like that. It's just the next game. For sure. Okay, last question I'll ask you guys then. What areas do you guys feel like you need to really improve in these last four weeks and sharpen up to get yourselves ready to make an even bigger playoff run this year? I would definitely say special teams. Our kickoff has not been good over the past couple of weeks, but we've been prepping it, and I think we can do better this next next game. Yeah, definitely definitely our kickoff team. Um, our kick return team is pretty solid, but our kickoff team has uh, really kind of put us in some bad situations, like the Tenora game. I feel like if we just get better in that little aspect of the game, we'll be fine. I got one more for you guys. Um, you know, you guys are very athletic. I think Wayne Trace is athletic as well. Are there some guys that uh, you're looking across the ball and, and kind of got your eye out for that, that maybe you guys need to take care of? Or is this just more of a team collective thing? Um, definitely quarterback Kyle Stoller. Kyle Stoller um, we're concerned about, like, his athleticism, of course, and maybe Tucker Antoine, too, in the backfield. Anything else to add, guys? No, then that's all I got if you guys are good. Thanks a lot, guys, for coming on. Really appreciate it. Yep, yep, thanks thank for having us. Yep. Yeah, thank you guys again, and, and best of luck Friday night. Thank you. Thank you. Does your landscaping need an upgrade this year? Look no further than TNT Springer Landscaping. They specialize in mulch, rock, trim redesign, and much more. For your next landscaping project, choose TNT Springer Landscaping. Contact Tony Springer at 419-910-0742 to make your landscaping vision a reality. We're back here across the field. Let's get into picking this game. Guys, who wants to kick us off here? Okay, so um, I've seen both teams play, not only on my sports, but I've seen them live in person. Um, I have a nephew on Antwerp, Caden Winslow, um, and obviously being from Wayne Trace and being the baseball coach, uh, familiar with both teams. Um. I think the key to this game, seeing both teams in person, um, I think it's going to come down to a couple different things. Number one, turnovers. Uh, I'll say this, Wayne Trace cannot afford any turnovers in this game. Um, They're going to have to be sound uh, when they have the ball. I also think for them specifically, time of possession is going to be crucial. Um, I don't think they need to be in any sort of hurry to put Antwerp's offense back on the field. 
Um, I think if they can, you know, they ran, what was it, 81 plays last week against uh, Tenora. I think if they can do something like that again, they have a decent shot. Um, and you guys have mentioned it really all football season. Wayne Trace is the one team uh, in the league that kind of has the, the has the athletes specifically on the perimeter uh, to play with Antwerp, to match up to Antwerp. Um, I think this is a really good game, really competitive, um, you know, pretty emotional rivalry. Um, but if Wayne Trace can do some of those things I've talked about, and I think another key is if Kyle Stoller, not so much design runs, but when he scrambles around, if he can, you know, pick up positive yards, first downs, uh, sustained drives, like I've talking, you know, time of possession, keep Antwerp off the field. I think Wayne Trace can pull the upset. And, and in fact, I like the Raiders in this one to uh, give the Archers their first loss. All right. Brady, you want to go ahead? Yeah, and so I I do think it has potential to be a close game. The key to me, Ryan pointed out some good ones there. This Wayne Trace defense is going to have to be – it's going to have to be a bend but don't break week for them. I think against the 3-5, I expect Antwerp to attack heavily with the run, and I don't necessarily think it's going to be to the outside. I think it's going to be least deep between the tackles. And it's a situation where – Wayne Trace is going to have to be willing to give up three, four, five, six-yard runs up the middle, and they're just going to have to live with that. The key is going to be the ends and the outside linebackers containing Carson Oldemus because what Antwerp loves to do is run, 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 and then all of a sudden Oldemus will pull it, and Wayne Trace can't afford to give up any of those 50, 60, 70-yard long touchdown runs or just runs in general uh, to the archers. So, while I think Wayne Trace is the team, as we've mentioned, that has the athletes to potentially pull this upset off, I just think Antwerp is too consistent with what they do. Wayne Trace hasn't really shown me that yet the past couple of years. And so I, I just think Wayne Trace has beaten all the teams they're supposed to beat, and they haven't been able to knock any of those teams off in games where they've been underdogs. So because of that, I said before the season, I am taking Antwerp to go 10-0. and I'm sticking with it, and I think Antwerp wins this week. Peyton, you or me? I'll go. <clears throat> Guys, I've been, you know, thinking – I've rewatched uh, some games on MySports.Live uh, this week, you know, thinking about this Wayne Trace Antwerp game. And I think, just like any other football game, it's going to come down to the line of scrimmage. And I think Wayne Trace really has – I mean, we haven't really seen it in the weeks past, but they have to get Tucker Antoine the ball early, handing him the ball. They control the clock, like, like Ryan said. And if they do that, they have a chance to win. Now, we, do, we did say they have the athletes to match up with the Brewer, with the Winslows, with the Cam Fullers, and Reed Leasty, and I think they do just that. Now, again, three turnovers a week ago. They can't do that this week and in, in such a big-time game. And I think they're, Wayne Trace is playing with a chip on their shoulder now. I mean, they forgot about uh, you know that Tenora game a week ago, I mean, a game that they thought they really won. They, I mean, if you look at that game, they dominated Tenora in every – aspect of the game if you look at the stats now when Tenora played Antwerp that was the same thing Tenora dominated Antwerp in every stat category but just three turnovers inside the red zone you know costed Tenora that game so with that I'm taking the Raiders to go on the road into Antwerp to pick up a huge road victory uh give me the Raiders all right can I say something before we move on sure for everybody 
that we catch flack every week for me being a homer or I hate Paulding or I hate Antwerp or Peyton hates Wayne Trace. There you go. There you go. Solid pick, Peyton. Solid pick, Peyton. So I'm torn on this one, guys, obviously. My heart says one thing. My brain says another. Um, I'm 8-8 eight and eight when I pick Wayne Trace. I want to know when I pick against him with Sonora coming up with a win last week. I will forfeit a loss if the Raiders can pull this one out, but I'm going with Antwerp because just been there, done that 6-0, and I will eat my words if the Raiders win, but I just think Antwerp's got too much here. I'm going Archers at home. Can I add something real quick to what Brady mentioned? Because Brady made some really good points. Sure. So he mentioned um, being the defense, Wayne Trace defense being okay with letting Lacey, you know, get three, four yards on the ground when they hand him the ball. Um, I, I, I agree with that, but I actually think, and this is going to sound silly because Ultimus is such a such a dynamic quarterback. I actually think that's the kind of game Wayne Trace wants to get into. I mean, I think you have to stop Lisey because if Lisey's getting eight, ten yards a pop, then it's over. Right. Um, because that's you're you're not stopping anything there. But if they can hold him to you know two, three yards a carry, and be okay with that. Um, that's going to force Antwerp to throw. And I, I think that's the kind of game Wayne Trace n- wants to play here. I think they want Antwerp to throw the ball. I know that sounds crazy. You know, again, this is one of the better quarterbacks in the area, but we've also mentioned, you know, Wayne Trace has the athletes, again, on the perimeter, you know, to play with these receivers. And I think that's where – I think that plays into Wayne Trace's hands. If they're going to pull the upset, you know, I think that's where they want the game played is, out, is on the outside. Yeah, and and maybe you know I got a little overzealous there saying you know getting into the five six yards up the middle. Obviously, if Antwerp's getting six or seven yards per carry, I don't think Wayne Trace is going to win. However, right. I just think Wayne Trace between the twenties, I, I I think you can forfeit some first downs and some smaller chunks. Yeah, you got to buckle down in the red zone because yes. I, I just think any of the big runs, which it often comes from Aldemus on the read option, you know, pulling it and keeping it for a for a long touchdown run. I think any of that would be fatal. So I'm really looking at the outside backers for Wayne Trace. You know, Kyle Stoller and Cooper Wenslick. Going to be huge for them to stay disciplined and stopping him. And on the other side of the ball, specifically in the red zone, Wayne Trace had some chances against Tenora. Didn't quite get it done. When Tenora played Antwerp two weeks ago, uh, that was the difference in the game was when Tenora had the ball in the red zone. Two turnovers that led immediately to Antwerp scores. And there's your ball game. When Wayne Trace gets down in the red zone, they have to get six. They have to get seven. You know, they, they can't – they're probably not going to be in a position to kick a field goal. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. But they've got to get touchdowns when they get in there. Brady, I like how you said how the outside backers, they have to stay disciplined. If Wayne Trace only bring – I mean, they run that 3-4, if I'm correct, right? That's what – that's Wayne Trace's base defense. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. They run that 3-4. You can't – I mean, we see so many times against the air raid offense like an Antwerp or, you know, we've seen Wayne Trace uh, under Coach Speller. Teams just only bringing three and dropping everybody else. You cannot do that to Carson Ultimus or he will kill you. You have to find ways to make him throw off the platform. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I, I totally agree. And 
I mean, the I think Wayne. Blitzes. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Wayne Trace does have the guys to do it, but I do think it's going to take. They're going to need to catch some breaks. They're going to need to throw a couple wrinkles at Antwerp, things that they haven't seen, and then obviously they're going to have to be the tougher team up front. I second all that. Yep. All right. Anything else we want to talk about on the high school slate, guys? It's crazy. That's week seven, guys. It is crazy. It is crazy. Season's flying along here. Um, before we wrap up, you guys got any shout-outs tonight? I'm good. Yeah, none for me. Shout out to you, Brett. Twenty and zero on the picks last week. Yeah, that, there you go. That's that's what, has that ever been done? Um, I don't think so. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> this week's picks for me, at least, were really tough. Like, I feel like this could be a week where I have a losing record, just because I feel like on all three levels—high school, college, and pro—like there were a lot of games I wasn't sure of. There were a lot of swing games. Yeah. I'm yeah. with you. So, yeah. There. Shout out that I have that I missed the other night. The guy that's been doing some behind the scenes work for us, Corbin Vance. His birthday was on Sunday, and I missed it the other night when we were recording on Monday. So, happy birthday, Coach Corbin. Vance. How old is he? Forty. Uh, sure seems good. Like <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, and then I'll give uh, a couple more birthdays, I guess. Uh, a couple of my cousins have the same birthday tomorrow. Brother, sister, actually. Logan Bland, senior Wayne Trace, and Caden Bland. So happy birthday to them. Five years apart. That's pretty good planning by Dan and Terry. It's very good planning. <laughs> so that's my shout outs. Ryan, thanks a lot for joining us. We appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for having me. Always fun jumping on with you guys. All right. We want to thank Tucker Antoine, Dylan Hildebrand, Carson Aldemuth, and Cyrus Gale for also joining us. That was fantastic. Guys, we'll catch up with you later. Sounds good. All right. You listen to Across the Field. Peace out, players.